My stupid response when my first girlfriend told me she loved me. I've never liked overusing the word love. I remember when my first girlfriend told me that she loved me. Me being a stupid person said, no you don't. <laughs> I was just so dumb when I was a kid. But it's, but it's true, she clearly didn't love me. Like it was just a, a thing that kids say to each other. I don't remember more of that conversation. I'm sure there might have been an argument or something, or maybe she said, don't you love me? And I'd be like, yeah, I like you, you're cool. <laughs> I don't know. That's why I don't like to think back to uh, the few relationships I've had in my life. None of them were successful, and I was just a, a complete fool the entire time. Achieve an unlock break a girl's heart. <laughs> I can't remember my mother's birthday. I have multiple times had to call my mother and be like, so you were born in... what year? For most of my life, my mother would be like, what date's my birthday? I'd be like, that's easy, Anzac Day. And she's like, and what's the date of Anzac Day? And I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> what's Anzac Day? Uh, it's, it's just meant to be a day where we remember the sacrifices of the Australian New Zealand troops. The fear of missing out on a good event. I, I have gone to the vast majority of things that people invite me to. I prefer to go places and not enjoy myself than to stay home and wonder if I would have enjoyed myself, you know? I hate that feeling of like, man, I could be out having fun with all these fucking people and shit. The feeling of being there and being like, man, this is boring as shit. That's, that's nothing by comparison. A permanent solution to a temporary problem. I hope you don't actually want to die, Nectrua. It's common for people to contemplate wanting a way out sometimes, but death won't make you happy. It is clearly possible to achieve happiness in this world, and if you're having trouble doing it, you know, maybe seek a therapist or uh, introspect about what's making you truly unhappy or... I mean, the, the reason why suicide is considered to be irrational is because in general, people's circumstances can always improve. There are very few people who are in circumstances where it's literally impossible for their circumstances to improve. Suicide is a long-term solution to a temporary problem? Yeah, exactly. When I was in my worst moments, I always said, like, uh... I want to be happy, I don't want to be dead. Being dead won't make me happy. Certainly, you can imagine circumstances where death, or desiring death, makes perfect sense. Like, people with an, uh, incurable disease that just causes you nothing but pain. Like, of course, like, in those circumstances, your circumstances can't improve. It's a difference of living with feelings that you don't value or dying and no longer experiencing those feelings you don't value. There's no possibility of feelings in which you value. But these are very rare circumstances. Genetic modification. What do I think of genetic modification? Uh, it's clearly not there yet in regards to the technology. There's always the fear that uh, if you change one gene, you know, it'll have other ramifications that you don't uh, expect. If gene modification becomes a thing, I think that culturally we will shift in terms of what we consider to be a disease. Like if you have a gene that's related to having, you know, low intelligence or something, you'd think we'd eventually reach the point where we would consider that a disease. Like why should some people be blessed with genes that give them benefits in terms of being prosperous when they've done nothing to earn those genes? 
it's just a lot of things you can consider. Like, you know, is it right for parents to be able to modify their genes, the genes of the child? The child has no say in it. I mean, but then again, we don't exactly, you know, think it's wrong to uh, give a child medicine or something that it doesn't understand. Or will it lead to a culture where fairly benign things are being altered by parents who just want like, you know, Oh, you know, I really like this hairstyle, so I want my child to have this hairstyle, so I'm going to modify their genes. Or will it be something fiercely regulated only in regards to particular genes and who's choosing those genes? And Like, at the, at the, the bare minimum, if gene modification becomes a thing, uh, removing genes associated with diseases or illnesses, things that literally shorten your life expectancy, would clearly occur very quickly. And it's hard to think of an argument as to why that wouldn't be justifiable. It's like, oh, you know, we have this technology that can remove this gene that will completely fuck your life, but we're not going to do it because, you know. Oh, yeah, marijuana. For at least one generation, anyone who isn't enhanced will be looked at as, like, potentially lesser or something, you know. But I don't see that as a, a necessary reason to never do it, of course. Like, the, the biggest reasons not to do it is the potential unforeseen ramifications uh, in regards to a person's biology. Like, clearly humans aren't 100% understood. I certainly wouldn't want my child to be that guinea pig, the first generation of those who have their genes changed. I'm I'm fairly certain, you, you'd want to listen to Carl Sagan talk about it. Not, not uh, the Carl Sagan, the Super Mario Maker speedrunner. He makes vaccines and um, he does all, a bunch of this stuff. And he occasionally talks about it on his stream. It would like CRISPR and stuff and uh, I, I'm pretty sure they have changed genes in some circumstances by effectively reprogramming viruses to do so. I'm not an expert in such things, so I, I don't really know. But I can only speak of, speak of it in terms of um, the potential social ramifications or just my opinions on it or whatever, you know. Was I a straight-A student? I was not a straight-A student. I, I was pretty high up there for most of high school, until I got to this point where I was just super depressed. I think it was around the 10th grade, like I, I must have ditched a significant portion of the year. Um, because I, I lived fairly close to school, um, and I had like a self-image issues, I had amazingly bad acne. Uh, like at one point it was like I couldn't move my mouth without stretching my skin and it would, would bring me pain. Certainly a lot of it was just irrational garbage that happens you know when you're hormonal chemicals blah 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 as a teenager but it but it massively distracted me from doing anything productive with my schooling year in in university i was always above average the only unit that i was at the top of the class was australian politics uh 101 or was it just 100 100 it was a very basic course i never shot for the stars like i kind of just shot for like 80 percent I would balance out my time so I wouldn't get super stressed. And it's like, sure, yeah, I could study a bunch more for this test, but I'd rather put a bit more effort into this essay. Like, I, I partitioned my time so that I could, you know, live a normal life and enjoy myself, but also do reasonably well. Should parents have complete medical control over their children? I mean, who else could do it? The child isn't mentally developed enough that it could make such decisions itself. I would argue there are probably conditions under which, like, a, a doctor should have uh, the choice to override the parents' decisions or could at least, um, you know, 
get a court order or something when they believe that uh, the parents are ultimately being abusive of their child uh, by withholding treatment or some such. I, I think such laws depend on the country, right? Because imagine how horrifying it would be as a parent where you think something's best for your child and the doctors won't do it or whatever and the, the state says, oh, you, you have to do this thing. But at the same time, like, a lot of parents are really fucking ignorant. By having a child, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily knowledgeable or equipped to raise a child. And there are clearly people in existence who are more qualified and more knowledgeable. It just sucks to imagine the possibility of a child dying because of the parents' ignorance. I don't believe in that treatment and, you know, ignore the recommendations of doctors. Then they'll come back six months later and, you know, whatever illness was going to be treated is now 10,000 times worse and, you know, the child will be um, damaged for life mentally or lose a limb or something. And it's just like, you know, dumb people can be very arrogant. Uh, you know, the Dunning-Kruger, you know, people who know so little that they are unable to assess how skillful or how, how much they actually know and overestimate their own capability. Torturing myself with past embarrassments. I usually only remember really embarrassing things. I'm kind of that way myself. I've often beaten myself up with memories of my own stupidity from the past, when I've made mistakes, usually in regards to people, or embarrassed myself to some extent. If you, like, could watch me all day while I'm by myself, Occasionally you'll see me just pause and get a look of complete horror on my face. Maybe I'll even shake a bit. Those are the moments where my mind has conjured up some embarrassingly stupid thing that I've done in the past. And then I'll just sit there for a second or two trying to force myself to, to forget about it and move on with my life. Are billionaires making personal VR rigs? Like, people say, like, oh, you know, VR just isn't as good right now, and da-da-da, the technology's not there. But I mean, why is some billionaire not making his own personal VR setup and hiring people to personally make him games? If I was a billionaire, I'd just do that shit. Like, just, hey, look, just make this room a VR room. Because surely if you had unlimited funds, you could make a good VR system and you could make good good VR games. It's more of an issue of making it at a way that it's cost effective and could be sold on a commercial level. And getting developers to be willing to uh, give up the opportunity cost of making a game on some other platform to make it for a VR platform. I am terrible at accents. Maybe I'm broken internally, I'm not sure. But when I'm like rambling or ranting or something, and I need to do a different accent, I can do a different accent. But when someone asks me to do an accent, I can't. Give me something to say in Russian. Hey, vodka. There you go. Is that good? Hey, comrade. Give me the vodka. I don't know. Good? No? Bad? Can you do an Australian accent for the rest of the stream? I, uh, I don't think I can. I am definitely not good at an Australian accent. In Mother Russia, GTA speed runs you. No, I can't do it. I can't do accents, man. Can I do an, a New Zealand accent? Fush and chups. Chups. Oh, bro. Call some fish and chips. Oh, man, why, why are you being this way, man? <laughs> I tried, chat. I tried. Do a Scottish accent. Aye, laddie. <laughs> no, I don't. Stop it. I, you're embarrassing me. Annoying password requirements and security. I changed all my passwords to incorrect, so whenever I forget it will tell me your password is incorrect. I wonder how many people do that though. 
I'm pretty sure every year, or every couple of years, studies are done to see, like, what are the most common passwords, like, one, two, three, four, five, and stuff. I wonder how many people put their password as incorrect. I mean, these days, that password would be too weak. I go on websites, and it's like, you need a password that starts with a capital letter, has a capital letter in the middle of it, has a symbol in the middle of it, and has three numbers. And I'm just like, what the fuck do you want from me? How the fuck am I going to remember this password? I suspect it's because, um, if your account gets hacked, that causes them more work. In the case of money, like, it might be money that they'll never recover, right? It costs them money for you not to have a secure system. I know there's all these things that record all your passwords and shit, but then I don't know the password if I, I want to use my account on some other person's system I, or my mobile phone or whatever. Uh, and I don't trust these fucking people. I looked up, apparently Heroes of New Earth had a data leak a long time ago. And my email address from that was leaked or some shit. But of course, it was a very old email address, so I didn't really care. In terms of data leaks, it's more like it's when rather than if, you know. Because you just sign up for so many goddamn things. You just gotta hope that when something leaks, it's not, uh, it's not significant. Like all those people who lost their social security numbers and shit. It's a bit worse than losing your email address, you know. My GTA 5 account actually got hacked. They changed my password and everything to Russian. Uh, I've heard that... Like, I, I remember reading a report that in Russia, like, some of the best jobs are, like, in these hacking firms or something, where they pay well and whatever, I, I don't know. As in, there's, like, an industry of hacking in, in Russia. And uh, apparently the government kind of turns a blind eye to it, as long as it's not targeting people in Russia itself, partly with the goal of uh, the government being able to use any of those hacking techniques if they desire them. If, if you allow that kind of industry to flourish, I guess you run the risk of being hacked yourself, but it's, uh, it does allow you to develop more sophisticated hacking techniques. The pressure to always have something to say. The streams where I feel the most uncomfortable are those where I feel like the run's doing poorly, I'm very tired, and I have nothing to say. It's one of the hardest parts about, you know, when you're a small streamer. I guess I can't think of myself as a small streamer anymore, can I? It's hard just to always have something to talk about. Like, back when I was a small streamer and there, there's no one in chat, you know, you have to continuously speak, talk about stuff or whatever. No one likes to join a stream and for the person to be talking about nothing. The most valuable viewers that you have uh, when you first start out are those first handful of viewers who will actually engage with your content or ask you about stuff or talk to you about stuff. I owe my first viewers, in effect, everything that I have uh, with Twitch. If they weren't around, I would be nowhere because my content would have just been really fucking boring and I likely would have become very discouraged and have stopped, you know? How GTA RP hurt my ability to grow on Twitch. I'm guessing GTA 5 speedrunners don't gain any traction in the directory with all the RP crazy being at the top. Yes, you were correct. The first time RP took off, it wasn't as big as it took off at this time. And it crushed me. I was... Like the amount of followers I got every day halved. I was a lot smaller of a streamer. But I, you know, I had 100, 150, maybe 200 viewers sometimes, I think. Before RP, I was always top 10, maybe rare occasions, top 5 or something. Then RP came along and just, bam, crushed me down. Sent a 
panicked email to my partner, supervisor guy, Lewis. He put me on the whitelist for the front page, which was nice. And that kind of boosted my numbers a bit. Being on the ANZ front page gives you like 50 to 80 viewers or something. So that helped me move up a little bit and uh, gave me some new followers that way. It wasn't as good as before. Certainly, I don't want the section to be so dead that the, the game is like massively down the directory. Like, I don't want to be the first in a dead section. So I value RP bringing people to the section. But at the same time, it can be too much of a good thing, you know? There's a difference between like a bunch of people around my size RPing versus there being 15 streamers that each all have 10,000 viewers <laughs> all doing RP, you know what I'm saying? Nihilism. Please be aware that I address nihilism in its most basic form. It does have other definitions and can be expanded upon. Thoughts on nihilism? If by nihilism you mean that there's nothing in the world or, or nothing in the universe that is inherently meaningful or valuable, or there's no inherent meaning to life, I agree with that 100%. I, I believe we create our own meaning and things have value in relation to goals. And that's the only value that I recognize in the universe. In the sense that water is valuable, objectively, in relation to the goal of desiring to continue to live. Outside of that human, uh, you know, goals like that, water has no intrinsic value. Does getting a speedrun world record increase your popularity? Did my popularity rise after getting my first world record? Not substantially that I can recall. Having world records is always good for streaming because of the advertisement that those runs can get you, both on YouTube and uh, for people going to speedrun.com. Like there's a, a quite reasonable amount of people who, when they think, huh, I wonder if this is speedrunnable, they'll go to speedrun.com, look up the world record holder and just follow their stream. You can see in analytics how many viewers or how many clicks on your stream you get from speedrun, speedruns live and stuff every stream. Uh, and it's never an insignificant amount. It's a large amount for new streamers and stuff. Certainly if you have a world record in a very unpopular game that no one's looking up, it's not going to help you a bit. Do I believe in miracles? Do I believe in miracles? No. Well, depending on how they're defined, but uh, a one-off circumvention of the normal way in which the universe works is not something you can confirm. There can never be sufficient evidence to substantiate such a thing. To put it simply, generally you build a case for an explanation of an event by looking at similar events. As a miracle is a one-off occurrence, it will differ from all other similar events to the extent where it will always appear to be less likely than what is commonly the case. In the same way that if your light bulb didn't merely stop working due to naturally failing and was actually destroyed by a one-time light bulb hating undetectable entity, the overwhelming history of light bulbs naturally failing would prevent you from accepting that as a good explanation. A miracle can neither be repeated nor reproduced, thus evidence in favor of it cannot be gathered after the facts. Lies, false memories, false information, misunderstandings, and other psychological explanations can all be established to exist, have repeatedly been shown to explain unlikely events, and can continue to be repeated, reproduced, and tested. These explanations will therefore always win out over miracle explanations that cannot even be established to be possible. If by miracle you simply mean events that are extraordinarily improbable, then yeah, I, of course I believe in those, because they happen every day. When you have billions of entities doing things each and every day, there will be endless million-to-one things that happen every day. But like when you look up um, so-called confirmed miracles, 
you'll find that the evidence for them is very lacking. As in like, ah, oh, you know, this person said this thing happened. There's something to do with the Catholic Church, where a person, in order to be canonized as a saint, ordinarily at least two miracles must have been performed by that person. There are more than 10,000 saints, so that's a lot of miracles. And when you, the list of miracles that they've done, it's like, oh, you know, they touched someone and that person felt better after like a week. <laughs> it's like, a miracle, a miracle. It's like they put no effort into it, seriously. Or like there's meant to be some water that's meant to be able to cure you of diseases or something. It's like miracle water. Um, and studies have been done on it. And, and like, they'll, they'll hold up like, this person went into the water and went into remi remission because of their, from their cancer. Whole miracle! But you do, you do studies, and it's like, yeah, the, the same amount of people who go into remission without this water, go into remission with it. It's just they only focus on the people who go into remission with it. Miracles fall into two categories. Those we can investigate, where they're found to be laughably absurd, and those we can't investigate, that are called miracles because we can't actually examine the evidence of whether or not they're miracles. Miracles are believed in, in spite of any evidence, not because of it. Be sure to like the video and subscribe to my channel. It costs you nothing and I wish you all the best.